Welcome to the C Word Podcast. I'm your host, Beck Hughes. This is where creative meets business. Here we explore what it takes to harness your creative gifts and turn them into a thriving business. You can have a brand and business that allow you to create work that feels amazing to call yours, have clients you love serving, and live a life that feels like the only place you want to be. Hey there, and welcome to the C Word Podcast. If you're not earning 100k, 100,000, you're not successful. How does that make you feel? When I say that, do you feel inadequate? Do you second guess yourself? Do you start questioning your own abilities and your own success? Or do you feel annoyed at me? Do you feel angry? How dare I suggest that? How dare I set a benchmark for you? Maybe you're okay with it because that's what you're earning, but maybe you kind of still think that it's not really my job to point it out. Well, first and foremost, of course, I don't believe that to be true. What I do believe to be true is that no one can tell you what you should be earning. And it seems a bit bullshit, doesn't it? I'm going to be honest with you because that's me, honest to a fault sometimes. I had a different podcast planned this week, which I had recorded and was all ready to release. And that will be coming next week instead. So it's not wasted time, never is. But I received an email this week from a coach and a mentor. And to be honest, it really peed me off. And in short, What that person did was to imply that if you're not earning 100k, then you're somehow not successful. That you're actually just another struggling designer statistic. Which I was like, (laughs) WTAF, to quote people who are far younger and cooler than me. But there are so many assumptions in that perspective, in my opinion. It's actually not even funny. The first is that 100K is some kind of benchmark and that they are the self-appointed standard setter, which I'm not comfortable with, that everyone aspires to make 100K, regardless of any other factors like lifestyle choices for them. Or that 100K is the signal of financial security or success. And I've got one word in response to that, which is profit. So that's my first big problem with it, is that it just makes so many assumptions, which is very presumptive, (laughs) right? And so I find myself today here having a little rant, to be honest with you. I don't like to use the podcast for soapboxing too much, but this was just a little bit too much for me to bear. Now, I'm not saying for one moment that 100k isn't a worthy goal. But you may aspire to much more or you may aspire to less. And I've only got one thing to say to that too, which is it's your call. Having the belief that you can achieve what you're striving for and knowing what's possible for you is different. But attaching a figure to the threshold of success versus failure is the big problem here. Who gets to set that figure? No one apart from you. 
And quite frankly, I'm a little bit over coaches and course creators in particular, essentially manipulating money and more specifically or particularly money mindset for their own benefit. And make no mistake, that's all this is. Quoting stats about failed businesses. You know, this is how many business startups fail in the first three years. Calling out your failings rather than demonstrating your opportunities. Setting benchmarks that serve them. And crafting these aspirational achievements and lifestyles of their own that are only designed to create FOMO. It all benefits them, no one else. And I want to get to the crux of this. It's a marketing tactic like any other. They are sharing their earnings, talking about what you should be earning for one reason and one reason only. They want you to feel compelled to work with them because they know that money is both your pain point. It's perhaps the thing that you think about or worry about the most. And it's also the driver of your deepest desires, that you want money to fulfill some big dreams in your life. So they're kind of picking at that. And they do that by creating this sense of FOMO, that you're not earning as much as them, and that they are then, by default, setting themselves up as the benchmark. They're creating a bit of shame and fear around how you manage your money or that you're not earning enough. And then they blame any negative reaction on your part, any sense that you don't agree with this or that this isn't necessarily what you aspire to. They will blame all of that on your mindset. Oh, well, that's a mindset issue. Oh, well, that's your money stories. So what do we do? Well, we smile sweetly and we kind of bear this quite tasteless content just in case we get told by a guru to pull our mindset socks up because we don't want to be called out because they've put themselves on a pedestal they're right they know they've created this life that's what I want I don't want to be seen to be somehow too small-minded to not be expansive enough to want to achieve what they want to achieve so instead we listen to it and we take it on board now First and foremost, I'm not saying that everyone's doing it, but there are a lot of people doing it. And there are also a lot of well-meaning people doing it because what they're doing is they're following the lead of the cult coaches, that these cult coaches are setting a certain language around their marketing, that they're creating these messages around their marketing and that everyone else follows suit because it seems to work because other coaches and mentors are aspiring to them too. And what I feel and what I felt when I read that message that came into my inbox from that coach and mentor was I just feel like it's time we encouraged others to run their own race and not to aspire to someone else's. And for that to be a genuine message, by the way, because I think you hear a lot, well, run your own race. This is about you. This is about doing what feels good for you. But that's actually a bit of a catch-all sweetener to excuse all the other shady tactics. Because when you scratch the surface, that's actually not what the messaging is saying at all. As a coach and mentor, and to be honest with you, I cringe at times at those terms because 
I actually just don't want to be lumped in with some of those cult coaches who are selling the emperor's new clothes. So as someone who works with others, partners with others, shares a community with others, to share some of my knowledge, share my experiences, give my guidance so that others can work to get the best from and for themselves. As that person, my job, as I see it, is to talk about my own experiences so that you can learn from them, not paint a picture of perfectionism or indulge in this humble bragging BS. I think my job is to find out what you want, not tell you what you should want based on what I've got or what I think you're, what I interpret your aspirations to be. My job is to share what's possible, not build this sense of urgency or fear about what you're not doing. Like life is somehow snapping at your heels. If not now, when is a real favorite phrase, isn't it? When is when you're good and ready. Because before that, we'll see you wasting time and money on yet another course that makes you feel like a failure. And this language of coaching, in my opinion, is starting to emerge, which is based on this subtle baiting. And I don't feel good about it. So I'm talking about things like statistics quoted to make you fearful or to feel inadequate like I said about how many businesses fail or how many businesses aren't earning over a certain benchmark lifestyles and achievements designed to make you feel inferior which is all the highlights reel right we know this this hustle culture that's wrapped up in all high energy and in inverted commas the that girl trends Look at me, I'm a a. 5am person, I do all these things, I go training, I have this amazing life. The idea that you have to love your business 24-7, oh my God, save me. And if you don't, you're doing something wrong. Sorry, but that's simply not reality. If you've got a business that you love 24-7, power to you, I don't know who you are, but you are absolutely in the minority. And then this subtle divide, right? Making their business seem bigger, perhaps. Using we, not I, to imply that they have this big team. That's a big flag for me. Own it, be you. Or like I said, sharing that highlight reel. So they create this almost imperceptible power imbalance. I'm up here and you're down there. And I know you want to get where I am, so I'll show you how. And PS, can you pay me to do that? We're all in business, by the way. I'm not saying that anyone doesn't have the right to be in business doing whatever they feel they can add value with. But it shouldn't be about a power imbalance. It should be about a value exchange. I should talk about that value exchange, I think, because for me, I see that it is a two-way street. And that's so important. And that, for me, is an important mindset for both people entering into that agreement. The coach or the course creator or the mentor, they see that they have value to share. But they also see that that other person has great value already and probably has things to teach them. And that they should have gratitude that they are choosing to work with that coach or mentor. 
unequally then, of course, that mentee, let's say, that person choosing to be coached, has a sense of their own value already. They're not coming to it feeling like they're doing all these things wrong and they've got to invite this guru in to save them. That's a power imbalance and I don't believe in it. So I am challenging myself to do a bit better or a lot better actually and do it differently in my messaging going forwards. I spoke recently or shared recently in a story and I had lots and lots of messages about this in which I said that I won't share private conversations or things that my clients have shared with me, certainly not without asking your permission first. I won't screenshot those messages and put them in my stories for my own profile building. It's not cool. Equally, I won't do celebratory stories welcoming people to my program because that's private. You might have decided to do this coaching, but you might not want everyone to know about that. You might not want your peers and your clients to know that's the case, and that's okay. It's okay to keep that private, and it's not for me to start sharing it, because the only person that's gaining out of that is me. And it's just not something I do. Now, deep breath. I don't want this to be an all-out rant. (laughs) Otherwise, the toxically positive people will probably have me burnt at the stake or something, and I definitely don't want that. What I actually want is for this to be a bit of a note of encouragement to every designer and creative, no matter what stage of business you're at, what you are earning, or what you aspire to you for yourself or your earnings. You are not somehow behind the eight ball because you're not earning the 100k. Simple fact. End of Don't let anyone tell you any differently. So there's a couple of things I do want to say on that, which is your financial goals are not a one size fits all. 100K for one person might be a huge amount of money. That might be something that you aspire to, but it might not be for tomorrow. That might be a few, several steps away. Or it might be a small amount of money for some people. It doesn't matter. It swings and roundabouts. That's why it's unhealthy and inappropriate and unhelpful to start quoting actual figures because neither is right or wrong. You set your goals around so many factors that are to do with your lifestyle choices, your personal ambitions, and so much more. The second thing is the real conversation is actually about profit, not revenue. You can be earning 100K and you can be making 60K. That could be what ends up in your pocket. Or you can be earning 70K and you can still end up with 60K in your pocket. So many factors influence that. So 100K earnings or revenue or what you're making, in inverted commas, unquantified is meaningless. And it's a dangerous benchmark to set. And thirdly, it's okay to disagree. The cult coaches, and that's what I'm going to call them, they wax lyrical about things like comparisonitis and imposter syndrome. Oh, is this the label that you need to have applied to you? Is this what's wrong with you? You know, let's fix that. And yet they build a whole business on it. (laughs) They build a whole business on you comparing yourself to them. And you don't have to take their word is truth. 
I just want to say it's really healthy to challenge and be skeptical because no cult guru has the right to tell you to pull your mindset socks up. Again, full stop, underline, end of story. So to wrap this up, (laughs) I just really want you to ponder on a few things. The first thing is, yes, invest in yourself and tackle some of the things that deep down you know might be holding you back because intuitively and instinctively you will know those things. You probably don't need someone to tell you, but you might need someone to support you to recognize it. And there's a difference. People attach names to things. So essentially you think you have a disease that you need to find a cure for. And guess what? They've got the cure. All I'm saying is take it all with a pinch of salt and approach it with an open mind. Your problems are not the ones that everyone else is telling you you have to fix or your challenges, or your hurdles, or your barriers, or whatever they want to call them. This is about approaching a process with an open mind, and finding those things for yourself. Because deep down, they will be the things you want to address, not what someone else tells you you should. There's a difference. Set financial goals on what you want, not on some arbitrary benchmark that suits someone else, that allows them to tempt you into their inner circle. Of course, dare to challenge yourself, but do it for you. Don't do it because someone tells you that 100k is somehow this signifier of success and you're not there. So then you feel you need to challenge yourself to get there. Set your own benchmarks. Don't believe anyone has got the answers or has a silver bullet. If you ever choose to work with a coach or a mentor, whoever you choose to work with, ultimately you will have to do the work. And no one should be telling you any different. They don't have a magic formula. You have to do the work yourself. I know this. I know this from personal experience. And the other thing is perception is not reality. People can say what they want on social media and they don't have to qualify it. So listen for the knowledge and the know-how in what they say and what they say with confidence and conviction. Not what they borrow and write and hope that you'll believe because that's the real meat and potatoes. So look for what they're doing in their business, in their own life and business, not what they say you should be doing. Because to be honest with you, if you're caught up in aspiring to this magnetic persona and this lifestyle they've apparently created, and you want that too, stop and look for the substance behind it too. I'm not saying that it's not valid to feel attracted and magnetized to someone. That's kind of what branding's about, but it's also a marketing construct. Always look for the substance behind it. Did they create a business or stress test their own methods in a business that they built before deciding to become a coach and tell you how to do it? So here endeth today's sermon. (laughs) What do you think? Have I actually just lost the plot? I keep thinking about that, about Jerry Maguire and his manifesto to change the face of 
the sport agent business. And maybe I'm about to go and get myself fired and perhaps head off into the unknown in a lift with Bridget Jones, <laughs> aka Renee Zellweger. Maybe that's what's happening here. But it's something I really feel. I don't know. Let me know what you think about this. Because at the very least, I think it's a conversation worth having. Because if I feel it, if I see these numbers being quoted and think, hang on, that doesn't apply to me. I don't need you to tell me those things. Particularly around money, when it's starting to create this feeling of lack or this feeling of inadequacy or set some kind of benchmark that actually doesn't exist. If I feel that, then I kind of, my experience in life has been that others generally feel it too. I'm usually actually not alone, even though sometimes I feel alone when I'm recording my podcast all by myself in my studio. So let me know what you think. Has this been relatable for you? Has this identified the feelings that you've been having? Or has it perhaps piqued a thought that you hadn't had before? Or you think I'm talking nonsense? Because we, like I said, right? We don't have to agree. You can challenge, but we don't all have to be on the same page. So let me know what you think. And the last thing I will say is, as always, have an amazing day whenever you're listening to this. I hope you have a great week and I can't wait to chat to you again soon, my love. Thank you so much for joining me, Beck Hughes, on the C Word podcast. If you like what you heard, subscribe, leave a review and share with your friends and business buddies who might like to listen in too. The music for this podcast is by Red Productions on Pixabay.